0: yo yo welcome to another edition of the round ball ramble podcast i'm your host corbin ford you can follow me on twitter at corbin nba this is sports ethos presentation so check out sports ethos on twitter at sports ethos yep online SportsEthos.com. you want the best in fantasy content they have it there for you they also have team specific focus podcasts as well and your general nba shows such as yours truly with round ball ramble so Definitely make sure to check them out on Twitter at Sports Ethos Online, SportsEthos.com. What is happening, y'all, today is Friday the 15th of December. We are midway through the month already. That's kind of crazy to think about that. Uh, about a week and a half out from Christmas. Yep, just about. Very excited about that. And we had a fun set of games last night. So it's going to be a quick, you know, like a throwback episode of Round Ball Round. We're just going to go around, go into the scores, and, and send you on your way. And then we'll kind of get back more to our regular scheduled programming for some of next week. I'll be out for a chunk of next week out of town, um, but, you know, while I'm here, I will be consistent, have a show already um, recorded and ready to drop on Monday. That'll be a fun one, so definitely make sure to stay tuned for that. But we first got to start with the Warriors, which I was going to start the show before they played last night against the Clippers with a little bit more of a negative connotation. And what I mean is, I was going to talk about how, you know, teams have timelines teams have windows you look at any great dynasty and you can really check as to when they assembled what turning points they had that made them the juggernaut they became you look at their glory years you know when they were winning titles and contending for many others and then of course the decline happens you know whether it is uh, a key personnel change here uh coach firing there uh player regression that strikes all and, and solely but surely that team fades out of contention and then relevance and then they have to rebuild and they start again and that's normally how it happens for most NBA teams um if you look at any dynasty you know there's all been long lulls, right you had the San Antonio Spurs you can look at their period as ever since um Kawhi left Tim Duncan retired Kawhi left and now they've been in a period of like subpar play to just straight losing 18 in a row right you look at you know the Lakers both the Shaq Kobe Lakers had a mini regression um between 2004 and lost in the finals in 2008 when they brought back, when they brought in um, Paul Gasol, and then you look again, um, as Kobe aged and the team broke up from what, I'd say 2014 until LeBron came in 2019, so like there's been peaks there, you could even look at the Lakers from the Showtime Lakers, right, and how, you know, you had a team that dominated most of the 80s and then didn't win a single Pacific Division title between 91 and 2000 like, it's something that happens, you look at the Celtics, I can go down the list, this is just something that happens, and for the Golden State Warriors, it looks like this is their time to have that peak in valley, right, Um Draymond Green seems to have lost his mind, Klay Thompson has been in a sustained shooting slump, Um, you know, personnel moves have misfired, the two timelines is one prominent example, but you you see that, you know, the decline has started happening. And, and mind you, people are gonna write the Warriors off or attempting to during that 2020 season. Where injuries happen, you lost Kevin Durant, all of this, but they found a way to rebound and win the whole dang thing the very next year. So like props to them. And also showing that they silenced the doubters, but I do feel like this is a more sustained period. For one, players are older. For two, there is a key personnel change down the line potentially with Klay Thompson on a on an expiring contract and no deal being eminent as of now. You know, you look at regression from some players. Um, I mean, Kevon Looney's been solid, but you know, he's never been like a main guy in that way. Andrew Wiggins, a twenty million dollar man, is not playing like a twenty dollar man. Okay, maybe that's a little exaggerating, but you know what I mean. And, and then you look at Steph Curry, they're about to be 36 having to helm on a, a large a, a portion of the team's offensive load to even keep them in games. And that, that that's a sign for me. And so I was going to make a more somber note. And I guess I still kind of struck it in terms of the Warriors. But I got to say, last night against the Clippers, I will not bear the lead. They did lose that game. Um, and now they've lost, uh, I think it's 11 of their last 18. Um, it's been rough for them. But... In losing to the Clippers, 121-113, I saw a defiant team with fight that was definitely overmatched, uh, but still gave everything they had. I looked at a Steph Curry, who had 17 points on 17 shots, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists, and I said, okay, this guy is is, is, is taxed right now. Um, I looked at a guy like a Chris Paul, who came in and gave solid minutes, but at 38 just isn't that level of player, right? Um, John Kaminga gave good minutes, 15 points and 5 rebounds in 25 minutes, that's solid. Brandon Pozemski grabbed seven big rebounds, but only four points and two and two assists. Like not a lot there. But I looked at this as a game for one guy who's been much maligned this season. That was Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson came in, Clay Thompson saw, and Clay Thompson really did his all to keep the Warriors in it. And he did, for the most part. He had 30 points, eight of twelve from three, five assists, led the team in assists, and he was on fire. Coming around screens and just pulling up from the grip. Like knocking him down. It was really cool to see one last like I want to say one last. We're like 20 games in the season, 25 games in the season. So let me not say one last, you know, shaking his fists at the heavens type game. But it was a game we haven't seen from Klay Thompson pretty much all season. You know, and and, and sadly came uh, with a team that did not have Jamon Green, that did not have a good Steph Curry game, The Clippers do have the length and the wings to really make life tough for curry and that was with paul george missing this game with a hip injury um you know you didn't get a lot of ancillary scoring from some of your other guys uh moody gave you 11 off the bench in 16 minutes that was great but you didn't get a whole lot else from guys it felt like but like clay thompson consistently in the third quarter alone had 11 like was just keeping the warriors in this game and it it made me think hey listen let me just give it some more time let me just play out the season a little bit more Let's just see what can happen. And now, am I excited? No. It's not like the Warriors have a, a tremendous um, asset cupboard in which to make moves to which to drastically, you know, improve this team. They don't. They do have big questions in the free agency next year. That much is a given. Like, there's some very real questions here. Uh, how much can Steph Curry go before wearing down, just with much as he's been doing? You know, what's going to happen to the contract to Chris Paul? Like, the money, basically, in, in effect, a one year deal, a non guarantee next year. Like, can that be moved to get another? player you know that will help the Warriors out but will they help the Warriors out then Chris Paul has been helping the Warriors bench because he stabilized them in a way they have not had even through their dynasty years like there's a lot of questions to be had you know what do you think about the young guys like a Kaminga like a Moody who have been good but not super great but is it some of it the minutes it's some of it their own development there are so many questions there um but I think after seeing last night's game I'm gonna pause on writing the eulogy for these Warriors and I feel like it's kind of sad we're gonna play down the line and just see what happens Another team playing it down the line is the Clippers, because again, they have guys who can all be free agents at the end of the year, between, you know, of course, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but also James Harden and Russell Westbrook, um, who are big parts of their team right now, and, and Kawhi and PG are literally their core over their last, you know, five years, the 2 era, so, like, that's been a thing. Um, Paul George, I said, didn't miss this game, with Kawhi Leonard, who has played in every game this season. shout out to him, played nearly 40 minutes and had 27 points and 8 rebounds along with 2 assists. James Harden had 28 points, one of his best games as a Clipper, I think if not the best game he's had as a Clipper, with 7 rebounds and 15 assists in 42 minutes. Amir Coffey had his first start of his career and played amazing, 18 points, 4 rebounds, knocked down several big threes. Norman Powell, off the bench, gave very huge minutes, 21 points, 5 rebounds and 2 assists for him. And then Russell Westbrook, you know, off the bench, still trying to find his space, but 9 points four rebounds, two assists for him. And don't look now, but the Clippers have been playing way better. They're now 14 and 10, been on a, on a, on a good mini winning streak here. Um, and if they're healthy, they seem to be getting a little bit of a groove. And that is something that if you're a Clippers fan, you definitely want to see. If the rest of the NBA, it's like, oh, wow, okay, hold up. And I'm not gonna lie, is the Lakers guy? No, I want to see competitive basketball. At the end of the day, I love the NBA first and foremost. I want to see a good Clippers team, especially a Clippers team going all in. Because at the end of the day, if you're going all in, you've put your assets you know in jeopardy i mean you really don't have any you've put your team in jeopardy in terms of what it looks like going into next season you know in a whole new arena uh what roster will you be fielding then it's going to be a very big deal i'm very curious to see how that looks and for the warriors right now i mean for the warriors for the clippers right now listen i want to see good competitive basketball i want to see them do well win the whole thing i I didn't say all that but i want to see them do well um just objectively speaking and so I'm gonna be monitoring and looking forward. I think I think they I don't want to say they're gonna to be the to quote James Harden, a scary team, but they will be a team nobody wants to face as long as they are healthy. And that is, of course, as it's always been, the big question mark for this Clippers team. And yes, that was me with the knock. Speaking of questions, I have one for the audience listening right now, and that is how do you get more productive? What helps you get more pep in your step? What helps you to do your best and concentrate on on what you need to get done for the day while being just 100% focused on it and trying to be as efficient and quickly um, in terms of how you approach said task. Like, what tips do y'all have for that? Because it's hard. I mean, we have a lot we do during the course of the day. While you're listening to this podcast, odds are you are not just listening to a podcast, you know, drinking a a, a cleverly named, you know, cool beverage while overlooking a beautiful view. Like, you're probably working or driving to work or driving to run errands or working while you get ready to drive. Some combination, some permutation of the two. With a whole set of things to do looking forward, a whole set of things you've already done to this point, there's a lot you're probably doing. Trust me, listen, I I do two podcasts, I'm trying to write articles, well, I do three, trying to write articles, full-time job, you know, trying to have some semblance of a social life as well, like, it's a lot, it's a lot, and, I, and let me let you know, I am not, I am not completing the assignment, I have been struggling, up until recently, where? I have to tell you about something that I've discovered, that has really helped me out, one little shot that has improved my morning so much, and one thing that's portable, one thing that keeps me you know, not going super crazy like coffee does, but also helps me just to stay, you know, focused and refined and uber efficient, which is a word I do not use in my favorite basketball players, nor a word I use to describe myself. But that product is called Magic Mind, y'all. And let me tell you, it is something you will want to try for sure. Um, like I said, if you're like me, even when you're doing your best to concentrate, you're not always 100% focused, and you're not getting everything done as quickly and as efficiently as you need to. And this magic mind is the perfect solution. I've started using it, and let me tell you, it's not my best friend, you know, it's not quite there, um, but it, it, it's, it's not too far. Instead of reaching for my second or third or fourth cup of coffee, I usually only can drink two, and even then, when I do, nobody can stand me. I just take one of these, and I'm good to go. They help me so much. getting me the right state of mind for a productive day and i usually drink them in my car on the way to work somewhere where i need a quick pick me up and it's like boom i'm there and that is why magic mind is so so good instead of drinking any coffee now i have this and i've cut down exponentially the amount of supplements or coffee or in my case soda that i would need to drink to give me the energy that i'm looking for And listen it's not just the cutting down on coffee and caffeine that helps it has so many other benefits for one it allows me to sleep better how many of y'all have coffee, you know, because you need it later in the evening? And because of that, now you're up at two in the morning watching random cat video highlights on YouTube. Just me? Okay, just kidding. Um, But if so, Magic Mind might be helpful for you because not only does it not contain caffeine, at least the caffeine the way that keeps you up, um, but it also has nootropics inside that help you to improve your attention and your concentration. And you have less stress and anxiety because it has ingredients in there. That naturally reduce your body's stress levels. It's just really, really good. Um, there's so much more in terms of healthy, all natural ingredients. There's some of which I'm not gonna lie, no shame in my game. I can't even pronounce it to you. But I can tell you one that I do love that has helped me as well. And it's called matcha. I'm sure, y'all know what it is: matcha green tea, matcha smoothies, all the matcha. It contains way less caffeine than coffee, and it also contains additional compounds that extend the benefits of caffeine by slowing your body's ability to absorb it as well as reduce stress. And they work together to prevent that spike and then that inevitable crash that happens when you take too much caffeine. So, matcha is basically nature's extended release version of caffeine. And it is good for you. And there's so much more that Magic Mind brings to the table. But I'm tired of talking about it. I'm not, really. I could talk about it for a lot more. Talking is what I do. I want y'all to experience it for yourself. So, two things. One, starting next month, you will see Magic Mind in the Sprouts Farmers Market stores across the country. So, you can get them. Basically anywhere, because sprouts are, they sprout up, <laughs> get it, anyway, they're everywhere, but if you don't want to wait for that, and I'm with you, help a brother out, help me help you, go to www.magicmind.com, slash daily NBA, because Roundball Ramble is a daily NBA podcast, right, and get hooked up with a subscription with up to 50% off with my code, Daily NBA 20 that's dailynba 2 I want to give y'all no excuses for why I can't get on here and get this subscription. So, again, check it out, Sprouts, for sure. Tell them Corbin sent you. They're not going to know who I am, and that's fine. I just always wanted to say that. Or, and I prefer this, go on to www.magicmind.com daily Nba and use the promo code NBA 20 Again, one more time, that is daily NBA 20. Thank y'all so much. Check it out and let me know what y'all think. Shout out to Magic Mind. Okay, running through some more scores here. The Thunder lost to the Kings in what was a really good game between two of the Premier Guards in the NBA, 128-123. to 123. The Kings were led by De'Aaron Fox, who had 41 points and 7 assists, knocked down five threes as well. Um, you also had 18 points off the bench from Malik Monk, 18 points from DeMontis Sabonis, along with 16 rebounds and 7 assists, and 17 points for Keon Ellis, who's been giving them really, really good minutes. I, I definitely love the emergence of Keon Ellis for the Sacramento Kings team. For the Thunder... They were led by Shea Gilders-Alexander, who had 43 points, 6 rebounds, and 9 assists. Uh, And then you had 18 points for Josh Giddey, uh, along with 8 rebounds and 4 assists, 17 points for Lou Dort, and 14 points for Chet Holmgren. Uh, The Thunder, all in all, did a really good job of being aggressive, I want to say. And they knocked down a decent percentage of threes okay they didn't knock down a good percentage they knocked down 11 threes which sounds good on paper until you look at the fact they were 11 of 36 which is good for 30 percent while the kings were 18 for 45 which is good for 40 percent um and the kings are just more efficient from the field what the thunder did well was get to the free throw line uh led largely by shea Gildas alexander and they did that relentlessly they're 24 of 27 from the free throw line um compared to the king 16 of 21 from the free throw line but aside from that i mean listen The Kings deserved this game. They out-rebounded Thunder. They got more assists than the Thunder. They did have more turnovers than the Thunder. and The Thunder also had more points in the paint, but they evened that out by scoring more um, from outside than Oakley C did, and they also committed less fouls. So, shout-out to the Thunder. I mean, shout-out to the Kings, rather. Like the Beam, it was a really good game. I love the matchup between these two. And I thought it was interesting. There was a couple of calls later in the game where the Thunder were called for fouls on the Kings. They challenged it. I think both were on Chet Holmgren, if I remember. Yeah. They challenged it and won both. I haven't seen that in a hot minute. And and mind you, it wasn't like they were easy calls. I I was surprised by one. Um, I wasn't surprised as the Kings broadcasting team was by another. But it was really kind of cool to see, yeah, go for it and get it right. And go for it again and get it right again. Do your thing. Okay, see, they walked away with everything but the win last night. Uh, the Jazz beat the Trailblazers 122 to 114. Jazz were led by Colin Sexton's 27 points, along with his four assists. You also had 23 points from Taylor Horton Tucker and 24 from Simone Fontecchia, uh, who had a really, really solid game. Uh, Ochak Baji off the bench also had 16 points, and the Jazz, as a team, uh, Didn't shoot super well from three, but they did shoot a good percentage from the field. Made nearly half of their shots. And although they didn't go to the free throw line much, when they did, they only missed one. They were 13 of 14 from the free throw line. For the Portland Trail Blazers, they were led by 23 points, a season high, uh, you could say a career high, for Scoot Henderson, along with 10 assists, so a double double for him. And then that was really it. Tumani Tumani Kamara chipped in with 18 points and 6 rebounds, and you had 14 points from DeAndre Ayton, along with 9 rebounds in his return from injury, as well as 13 points from Jabari Walker and 15 points from Duop Reith but that was really it, not a whole lot to be given there, Um, it was just hard offensively for the Trailblazers. they shot 41% from the field, they did make more threes than the Jazz, and I'm not surprised, they have more capable three-point shooters, Um, and it just went to the free throw line less than, I mean, they went to the free throw line more than Utah, but they converted less, Um, aside from that, pretty break-even game, but I mean, the Blazers are just not a very good team, neither the Jazz really, but the Jazz are better than the Blazers, and that, Bore itself out in last night's game. The Bulls just playing so well since losing Zach Levine. Okay, I'm just kidding. They've been playing decently without Zach Levine, um, like mad decent. um They're ten and sixteen though, and they're not a great team. But they beat the Miami Heat last night, one twenty four to one sixteen. Um, Kobe White went off. He twenty six points, eleven assists, seven rebounds. I think he's a guy that listen when the Bulls inevitably, as they should, I hope knock knock blow this thing up. Kobe White is one of the guys that you keep to build along with. You don't build around him, but you build alongside him because he's really been showing a whole lot more this season than in seasons past, and he's been a flamethrower from deep. you also said 24 points apiece from Nikola Vucevic and Ayu Dusumu. Uh, Vucevic added 12 rebounds. Uh, Dusumu added 8 rebounds and 5 assists. Um, I might as well say Vuce added 7 assists as well. And you had 23 points from DeMar DeRozan, uh, another guy who I hope will be on a new team moving forward. For Miami, listen, you had a few guys in double digits. You had 6 players in double digits led by um, Jaime Hakkas. Which, darn, I wish the Lakers had drafted him. 22 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists. You had 20 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists for Jimmy Butler. A big double-double from Caleb Martin, 17 points and 11 rebounds. And you had a couple of uh, double-digit points down the line as well. Kyle Lowry gave you 17 points. Duncan Robinson gave you 11. Kevin Love off the bench gave you 16 points, 9 rebounds, and 4 assists. Good game for Chicago, though. Glad they've been playing well. Hopefully this gives a little further insight to the Chicago Bulls front office. And, hey... We can still, you know, build around these young guys. And, yeah, we won't win as much. But uh, how much are we winning right now anyways? uh, For the record, Miami did shoot better from three than Chicago, but not by much. But Chicago shot better from the field. um, And Chicago, you know, had more rebounds and more assists than Miami. Looking at the Timberwolves against the Mavericks. Mavericks controlled the game early. Luka Doncic was on one, had a first quarter of the ages. He had like 18 points. He was just on fire. But guess what? You know, midway through the game, Tim was like, wait a second, our bigs are just much better than y'all bigs right now. Uh, let's use that. And they did, and they won. 119-101 to over the Mavericks. Uh, the Timberwolves were led by Nas Reed, who had a monster game, 27 points, knocked down a crud ton of threes. Like, the guy played well. Um, for the record he was 8 of 14 from the field 7 of 11 from 3 along with 6 rebounds and 3 assists you also had Carl Anthony Towns who gave you 21 points and 17 rebounds and he did on 8 of 14 from the field so very efficient night for him Rudy Gobert gave you 8 points and 12 rebounds Mike Conley gave you 14 points and Nikhil Alexander Walker off the bench gave you 13 and all of that helped to make up for a awful Carl I mean awful anthony edwards game where he had nine points and 11 assists but on a horrific three of 19 shooting only three took three threes he missed all three but just not a very good game for him but i was impressed by his floor game um and so that was something that was really cool to see him really manufacture shots he gave a great feed off of penetration to kill alexander walker for a three in the corner early in the game like i loved the way that he got the ball moving to make up for the fact that he shot so bad i think if i were him just what i'd like to see is maybe him take less shots like if you went you know at that point you know, three of 19, um, I'm sure when you were two of 15, like, I don't know, two of 13, maybe you slow down a little bit there, but either way, really good game for the Timberwolves, all con- things considered, for the Mavericks, it was a Luka Doncic show, and that was pretty much it, Luka Doncic had 39 points, six rebounds, 13 assists, Since he became a father, he's become the greatest NBA player in just history, <laughs> um, you also had 15 points from Derek Lively, 14 points from Dante Exum, and 10 points from Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, All of them fell down to earth after going off against the Lakers. Hashtag Laker tax. Um, Career highs for Dante Exum, not this game. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. had 30-plus points, barely made 10. Derek Jones Jr., Grant Williams, didn't even make double-digit scoring. Like, yeah, really, really big step back off for them. But they are still a very solid team. And honestly, when they get um, Kyrie back, I think there'll be some sort of stabiliz- stabilization there. Right now, you are on the variance of role players. And when it goes good, it goes good. And when it doesn't, you see what happens. Uh, Nuggets trumped the Nets, which I will give the Nets some credit. They were on the second half of back-to-back. But they uh, put up a fight in the first two quarters and then just bought out meekly to the Nuggets, 124-101. Nuggets were led by another triple-double in Nikola Jokic, 26 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 assists. When we talk MVP ladder, which we will probably get into next week, um... I'll have to bring that up, obviously. I'm being sarcastic. Nicole Jokic is definitely way up there. Um, But in addition to Jokic's 26, there was 18 off the bench from Peyton Watson. who was your second-leading score, uh, along with seven rebounds and five assists. Really good balance game for him. You had 16 points for Jamal Murray, 13 points for Aaron Gordon. Just balanced scoring. 12 points for Reggie Jackson. Really good balance scoring for um, a Denver Nuggets team that obviously followed its lead, which is Nicole Jokic. For the Nets, listen, they all fell down to earth in a major way. Um... They shot just 41% from the field. They shot 26% from three. It was not a very good scoring game, uh, efficiency-wise, for the Nets. And so you can only imagine it wasn't a very good game, good game in terms of like scoring leaders and all of that. Uh, the Nets were led by Spencer Dinwiddie, who managed to put up 17 points with four rebounds and eight assists, and he did that. On 5 of 11, shooting only one of four from three. After that, it gets it gets pretty gnarly, folks. Cam Thomas had 13 points and three rebounds, and it wasn't for lack of trying. He was 5 of 13 from the field, missed both the threes he took. Assists, who needs him? You had 10 points apiece for Nick Claxton and Cameron Johnson, and only nine points and one assist for Mikel Bridges. Like, just not very good. Um, Off the bench, shout out to Harry Giles. Uh, in 15 minutes, had 11 points and six rebounds, so really good, solid play for him. All right, do have to share some sad news. This was uh, news that broke early afternoon yesterday, and this was uh, the Pacers announced the passing of uh, legend George McGinnis, who was an ABA and NBA legend. He was the 1969 Indiana Mr. Basketball, um, ended up being a Hall of Famer, uh, one of four Pacers to have his Pacers jersey retired. The others are Roger Brown, Mel Daniels, and Reggie Miller. Um... By all accounts, just a wonderful person. You know, affable, approachable, loyal to his friends, a successful businessman. He found, formed and ran a GM Supply, which is a wholesale industry industrial supply firm. Um, and at 6'8", 235 as a basketball player, he defined the position of power forward. He was a great rebounder. He could score the ball. He had a very unique one-handed jumper. And take it from a person who also has a unique jump shot, every time I shoot, I get a comment. But ball going hoop, right? But <laughs> his ball went in hoop. He, he just, he had a one-handed jump shot that, yeah, may not have been the prettiest, but it was effective. Um, he was a three-time all-star in both the ABA and the NBA, uh, played with Julius Irving uh, in the 70s. Uh, both in the ABA and with the Philadelphia 76ers in the NBA. He was the ABA's co-most valuable player in the 74-75 season. Then in the NBA, he was twice named an all-star, and then he later played for the Denver Nuggets before returning to the Indiana Pacers. And, like, I'm not doing justice in, in paying tribute to him, at least not in the way that I wish I had the words for. But what I will say to close um, is George McGinnis, great player, while counts a great person, And his presence will be missed. And he will not be forgotten. All right, y'all. Gonna close out with just sharing the games that are coming up tonight. Uh, before we get y'all on y'all way, okay? So at five PM, got three games slated. The Pelicans will face the Hornets. I would definitely be tuning into that game. Uh If you follow the Sports Ethos Charlotte Hornets podcast, I should have a reaction on that one um, sometime this weekend for sure. The Pacers will be playing the Wizards. Ha! That's going to be interesting. And the Pistons will be playing the 76ers. Ha! Another game that will be interesting at 5. Gets a little more interesting at 5.30. The Hawks will have a rematch against the Raptors. Hawks are going to stop a losing slide while the Raptors are trying to continue their winning ways. The Feisty Magic will be playing the Boston Celtics on the second night of the back-to-back. The Celtics, rather, on the second half of back-to-back. I meant to say that. That will take down at 5.30 in addition to the last 5.30 game where the Lakers will do battle again with the Spurs. Spurs, having lost 18 straight, are trying to climb out of that hole. They really made the Lakers sweat at the end of the game. Victor Wembanyama had a really solid game. We'll see what he brings to the table tonight. Then at 6 o'clock, we have the Rockets doing battle with the Grizzlies. Another rematch of a game that happened earlier this week, and we will see how the Grizzlies respond. And then to close out Friday evening, Well, at this point, Friday night, when they play, the New York Knicks will play the Phoenix Suns. Uh, And as expected right now, all three of the Suns' big three will be there. Didn't help them much against the Nets, but we'll see if it does differently against the New York Knicks. But, yeah, just an eight-game slate of games tonight. Not a whole lot going down, um, making up for a bigger slate of games tomorrow. But definitely looking forward to good basketball and talking with y'all here uh, in the near future. So, thank y'all again for rocking with me on the Ramble Ramble podcast. I appreciate each and every one of y'all that found the time out of y'all busy days to take to listen to me means a lot just want to thank y'all again just want to shout magic mind definitely make sure to check them out www.magicmind.com daily nba for a subscription with up to 50% off that's a heck of a deal you should definitely check it out so do that please for me uh follow me on twitter at corbin nba you'd also follow me on instagram there too Really wouldn't care if you didn't. Like, I'm not great on Instagram, but if you do, I- I'll take a follow. I- I'm not going to be mad at it. No shame in my game. <laughs> um. Also, check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos, Online, SportsEthos.com, for their tremendous fantasy coverage. And good podcasts like this one. That'll do it here, y'all. Thank y'all again. And for myself, I'm Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty. Make it a Frosty weekend. And I'll talk to y'all real, real soon. All right, y'all.